listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it, the, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome in, everybody, to the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. With me is Zach Barletta. Thanks so much for making us part of your day. BTGprogram.com or via social media at BTG Program. Sports talk coming to you from a faith-based point of view. Let's start in hockey, Zach. We don't do this too often. Let's start in hockey. Let's start with your New York Rangers. At the time we're recording this segment, they're a bit over 500, 9 or 10 points out of a playoff spot. Not impossible. But not likely, right? Yeah. So you would think this might be a good time for them to move on. And, and I know nobody wants to hear this, and it's a tough thing even to say, but it might be a good time to move on from Hall of Fame goalie Henrik Lundqvist. This is going to be a Hall of Fame, right? He, oh, absolutely. That's a, that's a lock. Yeah, if he retired now, he'd be in. Now, I know this, this is a hard thing to, to digest. Nobody wants it. I know you don't want that. Everybody loves Henrik. Mm-hmm. Now, midway through the 2018 season, the Rangers... They had a bit of a fire sale. They yeah. got rid of some guys uh, sort of announcing this rebuild if they didn't officially say we're going to do a rebuild. And two mm-hmm. years later, the decision of what to do with Lundquist, well, it still hangs there. Yeah. And honestly, he's the type of guy, as a veteran guy, as a Hall of Fame caliber guy, as an outstanding person, and as a guy who's a former superstar, he's the type of guy that this franchise should have already traded in that fire sale or at least last year, um, you know, there were teams that were had cup aspirations and were well on their way to the playoffs that had unsettled goalie situations or were playing rookie goalies or what have you that would have been perfect trade partners. And as far as I know, the Rangers had conversations with some of those teams. Henrik Lundqvist has the full no-movement clause. They had to have his permission, and they said, look, you know, we're doing this fire sale. We're not going to be a contending team for a couple of years. Would you like us to move you? We have opportunities to move you to a team where you have a shot at a cup. And he said, no, he is a New Yorker and he wants to stay a New Yorker. And that's that. So it's a case of a team not being able to do what's best for the team because the player doesn't want it. And look, when you've played the way Hank has for as long as he has, I think you have that right. Of course he does. Yeah, I get that. But it doesn't change the fact that this puts the Rangers in a bit of a pickle. They had Igor Chesterkin playing so well at AHL that they brought him up. I mean, this is a guy of the future, and he's done well since being here. Yeah, and they did. They brought him up a couple of weeks ago. So this is another issue. They're carrying three goalies right now because they have Henrik Lundqvist. Chesterkin was making a joke of the AHL. It was he right. it was clear he was ready. They also have Alexander Georgiev, who was sort of an unheralded, uh, I think probably undrafted, guy that they signed as depth they have a fantastic goalie coach in Benoit Allaire who takes guys who are otherwise unremarkable and makes them into pretty good goalies and he did that with Georgiev and now he's fetching trade interest there's rumors about him going to Toronto but Georgiev is a worthy NHL player probably an (laughs) NHL caliber starter but you can't send him down he's going to have to go through waivers and he'll be gone so now you're at the point where you've got three goalies on your team which is one goalie too many. Right. So who's gone? It's not Chesterkin. Lundqvist doesn't want to be traded. So you have a good young goalie in Georgiev who you now have to trade when as a rebuilding team, 
he should be one of the two guys that you hang on to. Yeah, you'd like to hang on to that guy, and he's probably the guy that will bring back the least in return, no? Yeah, I would say. Uh, you know, Lundqvist is that uh, all-star type guy. Shesterkin is the hotshot prospect. Georgiev is the steady, sometimes spectacular young player who's a year away from being a free agent. Lundqvist has good hockey left in him. He yeah. can be a help to some team who's contending right now. The problem is, by the time the Rangers are ready to contend again, there's a good chance he won't be able to help a team at that time. Lundqvist has a little more than a year remaining on his contract. Does anyone, does even him, expect that the Rangers could be a legitimate contender before it expires? This is such a good time to make a change because nobody's expecting much from the Rangers. This means there isn't a lot of pressure on the young players. Get in, gain some experience, jealous a team, and continue building towards the future. Keeping Lundqvist in net just delays that process. Yeah. Lundqvist is on the unfortunate list of great athletes to have never won a championship. At this point, though, if it happens, it's it's not happening with the Rangers, It wouldn't, you wouldn't think, but we'd all like to see it happen for him, even if it's elsewhere. But it doesn't seem as though he feels that way. As, as you mentioned earlier, he loves New York City, and clearly, I, I get that. He has put down roots here. It, it's easy for him to get home to Sweden with all the airports. He loves being in New York. But the time has come, and, and I think it's come really for both sides to sort of readdress this and see if something can be worked out to trade him somewhere. Absolutely. And at this point in his career, he's not going to be that that guy that comes in and carries you. But he can be that last piece that takes you from the level you're at to the next level. If you have a good defense that will play well in front of him and allow him to see the puck, he'll stop it. And he'll be uh, an above average goalie for you. Um, I could think of several teams, well, not off the top of my head, but there are several teams that could use a goalie like that as that last piece. You know, you think of even Toronto. Their team is so talented, but their goalie play has been all over the place. The Stanley Cup playoffs are so often, in my opinion, and I'm sure you'd agree, you get on a hot goaltender and you can go all the way to lifting the cup. We've seen yeah. it happen numerous times. And Lundqvist could be that type of guy. It's not going to happen anytime soon with the Rangers. So as a fan, we think, man, he needs to move on. He needs to help our team. We can get draft picks for him. We can get whatever. He can clear the way for some of our younger guys to play. But he has a say in this. He loves New York. He's He at this point has roots that go deep. New York probably, I would imagine, because of the major airport area, makes it very easy for him to get home to Sweden. Mm -hmm. He does charity work there in the city. He's a celebrity yeah. in New York City. Yeah. He likes where he's at, and there's some respect that has to be given for that. But it's just so painful to watch. Mm -hmm. And you could see it sometimes when you watch him play where he's just he'll be dejected after a game because he takes things so personally. When the team doesn't play well, he feels like it's his fault. And he'll say as much in the interview and stuff. But it's just, you know, I love the guy. Full yeah. disclosure, my oldest son is named Henrik after him. But, you know, it's just I would love to see him. As much as I'd love to see him be a career ranger, I would love to see him get a cup someplace and have that in his resume. Absolutely. We'd all like to see that. We'd all like to see the day where he's skating around the ice at the end of the season holding the Stanley Cup above his head. It's it's difficult for fans at times to step back and think outside of what's best for our favorite team. But as much as we might think that trading Lundqvist works for both the Rangers and for him, he may think otherwise. And he doesn't have to tell us what his reason is. Frankly, we don't need to know. 
The Bible tells us to prefer others, to prioritize their needs. And perhaps, partially out of respect and partially out of obligation, this is what the Rangers are doing with Lundquist. They're locked in because of the no-trade clause. But maybe they're also giving preference to what he wants out of respect for what he's done for their franchise. Some would say they owe him that, and I would agree. I suppose the question becomes, how long will they actually be able to keep doing that? At some point, you can't allow one individual to hurt the rest of the team or the health of the business, but that's not where we're at today. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4 says, Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. It can be hard to determine where that line is, balancing our personal priorities with our obligation to family, to employers or employees, in a way that is God-glorifying and which exalts Christ. Whenever it is possible, trying to accommodate other people might help to establish a habit. We can learn to find joy in making others joyful. It requires sacrifice. You may be tired when somebody asks for help. It may not be what you want to do right then, but preferring others isn't always the easy thing to do. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, just one verse prior to the one I just read, says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Why do Christians value prioritizing others? Well, it's because that's what Jesus Christ did. He prioritized us out of his love for us to the point where he died for us and is willing to forgive us of our sins against him. He accepted us as broken as we are and then justified us and gives to us eternal life. Talk about service to others. He asks, Jesus does in Luke chapter 22, verse 27, who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table, but I am among you as the one who serves? He said in John chapter 15, verse 13, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. As I say, talk about preferring others. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He laid down his life for each one of us. He died on the cross, laying down his sinless life, which was perfect and holy, in order to pay the penalty of your sins and mine. When you ask God to forgive you, and you're willing to repent from sin, he extends amazing grace to you and accepts Jesus' righteousness instead of your sinfulness. John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. None of us are righteous on our own. We all need God to forgive us of our sins if we're going to make it to heaven and be with him after our time in this life is done. Isaiah 64, verse 6 says, We are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We need to acknowledge our sin. We need to ask God to forgive us, and we need to repent. The Bible says that if we confess our sins to God and ask him to forgive us, he will forgive us. 1 John 1, 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God loves you, and he wants to have a relationship with you. Let him be part of your life. Romans 10, 13 says, Whoever, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you want to be forgiven of your sins, 
If you want to spend eternity in heaven, then admit to God that you are a sinner and ask him to forgive you. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 tell us that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Pray to God and admit your sin and your guilt. Tell him you believe he died on the cross for you, was buried, and then rose again, and ask him to forgive you and to help you in repenting from sin. And if there is some way that we can help, something we can pray about for you, please feel free to let us know. You can reach out to us through our website, btgprogram.com. I hope you'll stick around. Coming up next, Zach will bring us his shenanigan statements. With Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Time now to look back on the past week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics. This is the Red Hawks recap brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. The Roberts Wesleyan women's basketball team fell to Damon College 80-48 Saturday night. However, it was a milestone night for Emily Miller, who passed 1,000 rebounds in her Red Hawks career. The men also lost to Damon 93-73. Amari Lee and Armand Nasiri each scoring 16 points to lead the Red Hawks and Reggie Clark and Shane Fanning with 14 apiece. In other action, the men's tennis team defeated St. Michael's College 5-2 last Saturday. Coming up, the next chance to catch the Red Hawks at home is Sunday, February 16th, as the men's and women's basketball teams host St. Thomas Aquinas College. The women tip off at 2 p.m., followed by the men at 4. And on Monday, February 17th, the women's lacrosse team kicks off its season with an 11 a.m. match hosting Pace University. Go on out, support the Red Hawks. They are, after all, the only Division II college athletics program in Rochester. And you can stay up to date with all the Roberts Wesleyan Athletics action at their website, robertsredhawks.com. And you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances and 96 student athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Your business ideas need room to run wild, but there's no room for error when you're raising the bar. A reliable partner can make a real difference. That's the role of a realtor. An irreplaceable expert who represents your values. A reassuring voice of reason helping you research and reach the right decisions. So you can run your business without running the risk. Is your agent a realtor? Look for the R. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Nice to have you along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Beyond the Game program. Recorded in the BTG studio in Rochester, New York, the Beyond the Game program is heard all around the world via podcast. And this week, we'd like to say hello to Rye, New York, one of the many places to download last week's program. Rye is a birthplace of NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, as well as actress Kimberly Williams-Paisley, Brad Paisley's wife, and actor Jason Bateman and I suppose his actress sister, Justine. 
Located in Westchester County, not far from New York City, it is the home to the famed Rye Playland, home to the Dragon Coaster, one of the great wooden roller coasters in the country. The Dragon Coaster is a national historic landmark dating back to 1927. Not quite as old as our own Jackrabbit here in Rochester, which opened in 1920, making it the oldest continuously operated wooden roller coaster in the country. Thanks for listening in Rye, New York. And to you, wherever it is you're listening from, we thank you as well. Here now is Zach Barletta with this week's Shenanigans Statements. Number one, Chris Bryant last week lost an appeal against the Chicago Cubs because they strategically manipulated his call-up to the majors and thus his service time, which gains them another year of control. Truth or shenanigans, Bryant has a right to be upset and hold a grudge against the Cubs. Yeah, I agree that he does. Now, you know, I say that. The Cubs have a right, too. They did nothing illegal. They did nothing mm-hmm. outside the boundaries that is perfectly acceptable. Yeah. But, man, they manipulated it down to the day. Here was a terrific young player, a star, a guy who had a terrific spring training, and they left him down in AAA. Mm-hmm. Had he been brought up a day earlier, he would have had a year's full of service time. Mm-hmm. And that was strategic. And, of course, they're allowed to do that. But if I were him, I'd still be bitter, and I'd be like, you know what? I don't want to be here. You guys are petty. I don't want it. Yeah, I think he led the league in home runs in spring training that his rookie season and then was summarily sent back down to the minors for a few weeks to, you know, work on his defense or whatever the usual excuse is. As a fan, how can you be excited about that? Wouldn't you be like, bring the guy up? Yeah, for absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm i going to say shenanigans, that he does not have a right to be upset and to hold a grudge. And here's why. Because every team does this. Almost every major prospect that we've seen in the last decade or so, every team has done this. Now, there's been the exception. There's been the Mets with Pete Alonso last year. Um, there's been a few scenarios where teams have signed a guy to a long-term contract to buy out his arbitration years. And then there's nothing to lose, and they start him out with the team right away. But Chris Bryant, well, look, he should have been on the team. Everybody knows that. He knew that. The team knew that. If, if Major League Baseball had decided to side with him in this situation, it would have completely changed the way that teams do business and have always done business. So, look, it sucks. Chris Bryant, I feel for you. But at the same time, it's what almost every prospect goes through. Yeah, I get that. And I understood that baseball couldn't side with him in this arbitration. Mm-hmm. However, if I'm him... I'm still bitter because to me that that is a little bit of a lack of integrity. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is we have a great player, a guy that can contribute to our team, a guy who can help us right now, but even though it's going to benefit he would be a benefit to our team, we're going to leave him down in the minors so that we can gain an extra year of control. Are you a win now team or not? You right. know, are we going for it or not? If you are, why are you leaving a terrific player in the minors? That just says something to me about the organization that if I were Chris Bryant, I'd be like, well, then trade me to the Mets. And you're right. Major League Baseball teams are doing this. Maybe if somebody said, get me out of here, send me to the Mets where they don't do that kind of stuff. And, and I know they do. They just need to do it with Pete Alonso. Yeah. Send me there. Maybe that, too, sends a message. Yeah, but then you'd have to play for the Mets. Well, there is that. <laughs> Number two, dual sports star and Florida State legend Deion Sanders says he will be hired somewhere in college football next year as a head coach. The over-under on him coaching at a Division I program is 50%. 
I agree that it's at 50%. That's a good place to put it, and I would take the under. But I think that's a good place to set it. Yeah, I would take the under as well. He was a fantastic player and obviously extremely talented. He's a fun personality on broadcast. I don't know what makes him qualified to be a head coach. I, I don't... I don't know how a guy goes from being a star player to being a broadcaster for what's been over a decade now, right, to suddenly being qualified to be a head coach. So uh, I'm going to say shenanigans. I think there's very little chance that it happens. And just to say you're going to coach next year at college football, what do you know that you're not telling us? I mean, right. do you have it? And is it at D1? Because if you're coaching a community college, nobody cares. Yeah. Don't you have to start as as an offensive coordinator, a a, a so. receivers, a, a secondary coach, whatever? You got to start somewhere before you just walk into a D one top notch job. But again, maybe it's a D three, D two. Who knows? If it's one of those situations, then that fifty percent certainly goes up. But at a D one school, I think you could set it at fifty fifty, and I would say I'll take the under. Yeah, and I feel like historically what we've seen from players that were stars that were just very naturally gifted, they're generally bad coaches and executives, you know? I feel like generally the guys that we see that go from playing to eventually coaching or being a GM who are successful, those guys really had to work and grind at it and hone their craft to make it. The Wayne Gretzkys, the John Elways, generally when they go into a front office position, they're not very good. Mm-hmm. And if you if you're trying to sell tickets and you're that college, yeah, we'll hire Deion Sanders because he'll sell us some tickets. Well, you're probably right; he would, but I don't yeah. know how he's going to be as a coach. That's the undetermined. He might be great. We don't know. That's why you have to sort of pay your dues, and we find out, and your potential employer finds out. Mm-hmm. Number three, the Australian Open, one of the Grand Slam events for tennis, just ended. Truth or shenanigans? You cared enough to even notice who won. <laughs> Did you? No. Yeah, see, I do. I do follow it. And the Australian Open is the one that, because of the time difference, I really never see any of it. I see some right. highlights. I'll be honest, I was at the gym the other day, and, and it was on, and I was kind of watching it a little bit. It may have been a time delay. I, I have no idea, because I had my headphones on. I have no idea what they were doing. But, but I was watching them volley back and forth. I like tennis. I enjoy playing tennis, and I do the most of the Opens, especially Wimbledon. Uh, I will watch a little bit of the French Open. I I really like the U.S. Open, and I and I will watch them. So I agree. I care enough to watch it. I realize most people don't, but the Australian Open is the one that changes this question. And I did <laughs> I did see I did watch a little, but typically you could say, all right, if we didn't have the Australian Open. I'd be okay with that. Tennis for me is one of those sports that um, you watch it and you're like, well, that looks really easy. I could do that. And then you try to do that (laughs) and you realize, oh, I'm out of shape. I am bad at this. Like I remember as a kid, I had a friend that played a lot and we would, he took me to a park one time with a racket and stuff. And we're like, oh, we're going to play. And he absolutely destroyed me. And I thought I was going to pass out. And I mean, I so I have a lot of respect for tennis players because a lot of them I feel like start when they're just itty-bitty children and they really commit to it for most of their young life and adult life and it's very tough and very demanding sport. At the same time, I don't really watch it. It, it, it kind of bores me. So 
in my opinion, the way to get me to watch the Australian Open is to really embrace the Australian aspect of it. Have the ball girls be kangaroos. Have crocodiles, you know, just outside the fault lines. You know, have a lot of really Australian stuff. Have guys playing didgeridoos off to the side between shots. Giant spiders that will kill you like everything else in Australia. Absolutely, yeah. Have a hurricane occasionally and great white sharks swimming around. You know, like, it's just not interesting enough to hold my attention as it is. If you had some of that stuff... I would I would pay per view it absolutely, but as it stands now, until there's kangaroos and sharks, I'm out. You're right about tennis, it, man. It will reveal whether or not you're in shape and do so quickly. And I'm I'm not a good player. I enjoy playing, but just getting it over the net is is a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I mean I'm not even good at that at table tennis where you can eat chips while you do it. You know, real tennis for me is just there's no way it, it's just not happening. But it's a great time. It really is a fun game. If it's so much fun, how come they're grunting and yelling while they're playing it? They don't seem like they're having a great time. That I mean, that's just me. We are nearly out of time, but before we close out our show, let's give you our You Like That for this week. Zach, what do you got? What I liked this week was Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl winning quarterback Patrick Mahomes giving credit to his predecessor. He said a former Chiefs quarterback, Alex Smith, Mahomes said he texted me right after the game saying he enjoyed it just as much as we did. He wasn't there, but he was part of it. I think that's the biggest thing. He, Smith, built the culture that I came into. He was the guy that led the team to all these successful seasons and built that winning culture. It was great to see Alex Smith get a mention. I think a lot of NFL fans have sort of forgotten about him. He, of course, after Mahomes was drafted, got traded to the NFL Siberia, that is the Washington Redskins, destroyed his leg, and may never be able to play again. But to hear Mahomes give credit to the guy that introduced him to NFL football, I thought that was pretty classy, pretty special. So Mahomes, shout out to Alex Smith is what I liked this week. Mine is Super Bowl related as well. Second Timothy chapter two verse seven says, "Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things." Raheem Moster of the San Francisco 49ers did indeed consider the things which Chiefs running back Damian Williams said, and did have understanding. Let me tell you what I mean. At the Super Bowl last weekend, Williams and Moster exchanged jerseys when they met in the tunnel after the game. Williams had 133 total yards, scoring two touchdowns, and with no disrespect to Patrick Mahomes. He would have been my choice for the game's MVP. His jersey would not just be valuable, but would probably also be a special piece of memorabilia to him. Appearing this week on Jimmy Kimmel's talk program, Williams was asked about swapping jerseys with Mostert and was reminded that his jersey, which he had given away, would be worth a lot more than the jersey he got back from Mostert. Williams says, that's funny you say that because my mom was like, where's your jersey at? Moster understands his fellow undrafted running back having second thoughts and has since posted on Twitter that the jersey belongs to Williams and to his family. He posted a picture of Williams's Chiefs jersey and said, quote, contemplated putting this on eBay, smiley face, but this belongs to you and yours. You did your thing. Hand this down for generations. Proud of you, bro. Much love. Hashtag undrafted RBs. The awareness, understanding, and kindness a 49ers running back Raheem Mostert is what I like, like this that. week. You like that? Well, that's the end of our show. Thanks so much for being with us. I want to let you know that the Beyond the Game program is mainly a listener-supported radio ministry. Thanks to all of you who have given of your time to pray for us and your treasures to support us financially in bringing the good news of the gospel to sports fans all around the world through Sports Talk Radio. We're asking that you would keep us in your prayers and that if God lays it on your heart to make a financial contribution to this ministry, whether it be a one-time gift or a recurring amount, please visit our website, 
btgprogram.com. Thanks again for being with us. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. 